Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and of course, we're here every Thursday night uh, to bring reality and truth to bear on the doctrine and the abusive practice of Joseph Smith's polygamy, which he preached and threatened was necessary to earn exaltation of faithful Mormons. And of course, here in Utah, we live in a highly saturated Mormon culture where uh, whether it's a mainline LDS or Mormon fundamentalist polygamy, a culture that reverences and follows Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and the other early Mormon polygamist men, and highly esteem their historical religious leadership. In fact, we discover that the religious leaders and their doctrines and their speeches are highly esteemed and quoted in some cases more than those of Jesus Christ. Brigham Young said, and I quote, The Lord Almighty will never suffer you to be led astray if you are found doing your duty. You may go home and sleep as sweetly as a babe in its mother's arms as to any danger of your leaders leading you astray. For if they should try to do so, the Lord would quickly sweep them from the earth." Well, Brigham Young made that statement well over a hundred years ago, and polygamists as well as the LDS believe that their leaders will never lead them astray, despite the fact that they already have led them astray. In fact, it seems that no matter how bizarre a revelation might be, if the leader said it, it's taken as truth with no questions asked. And that is nothing less than blind faith, which leads to nowhere but a dead end. When I stopped relying on others to tell me what to believe and began studying it out for myself and doing my own research, I was shocked to discover that there was a huge amount of extremely important biblical doctrine that had been twisted so badly that the truth had been covered up and turned into deceptive lies. These false doctrines were taught in the early Mormon church by those leaders who aren't supposed to lead the people astray. And they continue to be taught in both the fundamentalist Mormon polygamy groups as well as the mainline LDS church. Some of the most blatantly uh, false of the doctrines that I had learned and that I had discovered were false were that Jesus and Satan are brothers. Well, they're not. We learned that all had been born as pre-existing in a spirit world. We were not. We, we learned that there were three degrees of heavenly girl, g- g- uh, glory, and there is not. And that polygamy is a requirement to get into heaven, and of course it is not. The Bible boldly opposes every one of these teachings. Another doctrine that is being talked about a lot of these past few weeks is the teaching that God is an exalted man, and that man can become gods and have their own worlds and their own planets. So tonight we're going to discuss the Mormon and polygamous teaching that man is God in embryo and that we have the possibility of work, of, of the, to work our way to achieving Godhood in our own right. 
And of course, our guest co-host, Earl Erskine, is here with us tonight so that we can work our way through the myriads of quotes as we present these biblical yeah. revelations and, and, and just put them alongside the Mormon's teachings uh, that were used from early Mormonism uh, to contemporary Mormonism and the LDS Church. So it's good to have you here I'm again. I'm happy to be here. It's a wonderful topic tonight. It is. For sure. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot to talk yeah, and, and a lot of work uh, <laughs> to get into all of these things. So we hope our viewers can grasp what we're doing here. Yeah. Of course, in our polygamy group, uh, the teaching <clears throat> of becoming a god was heavily embraced. And the only way to become a god, we were taught, was to live plural marriage. And of course, this is a firm and, uh, doctrine taught by all the early Mormon polygamists and all the polygamy groups. Uh, for instance, you've got a quote of something I Brigham do. Young Brigham said. Brigham Young said, yes, the only men who become gods, even the sons of God, are those who enter into polygamy. So right there we have from Brigham Young, yeah. You know, you, you have to be polygamist. You, you have to be a polygamist in order to become a god. So he's teaching both that you have to be a polygamist who, and that you can become a god. But notice <coughs> that Brigham Young used the word God with a capital G. Yeah. And this is extremely important. The Bible uses the word God with a capital G to, the, to refer to the one and only Almighty God. And when the word is used with a small g, uh, it is referring to false gods to heathen gods and to pagan gods, or, or sometimes even in the Old Testament, the, uh, it, it refers to representatives, men representatives, men who are judges and rulers uh, that God had appointed over the people. That would be with the small God, but the capital G God belongs exclusively to the one and only true and living God. Um, but the small G God never, ever indicates man becoming a God. Now, I can already hear some responses from viewers who say, well, we can't trust the Bible to no, be reliable. Not translated correctly. But let me, or let us share with you something Brigham Young said. Yeah, here's another quote from the Journal of Discourses. There is not that person on the face of the earth who has had the privilege of learning the gospel of Jesus Christ from these two books that can say that one is true and the other is false. No Latter-day Saint, no man or woman can say the Book of Mormon is true and at the same time say that the Bible is untrue. If one be true, both are. And if one be false, both are false. So there you have it. Sounds Br like he trusts the Bible. Br either <laughs> Brigham Young was a prophet or he wasn't, according yeah. to the Mormon mindset, and he said the Bible is true. And he never mentioned an exclusion about the, you know, the improper translation being questionable. His statement was broad and inclusive. More importantly, however, is God's testimony about his word, which includes the following verses. Yeah, these are just excellent. Isaiah 48, 40 and verse 8 says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And Jesus' testimony in Mark 13, 31 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And finally, John 10, verse 35 says, The scripture cannot be broken. So anybody who can't believe in the Bible for some reason or another are just completely ignoring God and actually, in a sense, they're saying, God, you're a liar. I don't believe you. And you can't keep your word uh, together for, for us in these days. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So if Brigham Young, the prophet of both the polygamists and the LDS, and the Bible said the Bible is true, 
and God testified his word would never fail, how can this culture refuse to accept the entirety and accuracy of biblical scripture? And we also want to remind you that the Bible is not up for private interpretation. God said what he meant, and he meant what he said, and he meant everything that he said, and we don't get to use personal experiences uh, to determine or to edit what God meant. We have one problem, however, with what Brigham Young said. Brigham Young insisted the Bible is true, but he didn't believe it, or he wouldn't have taught that by living polygamy, men could become gods. No, In true. fact, that very statement proves Brigham Young to be a false prophet, Deuteronomy 18. Yeah, a very often quoted one, but a prophet who presumed presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods must be put to death. And so the, the, the Brigham Young spoke in God's name, and he talked about other gods. And if he had taught that doctrine during the Old Testament period of time, they would have stoned him. They would have killed him. It was, a, it was a capital offense. So obviously, it's a false and dangerous teaching. I remember our polygamous teaching several years ago with someone dear to me I talked with from the polygamy group, and I asked him if he knew where he was going when he died. And he said that at one point God had taken Abraham outside and he had directed his attention to all those stars in the sky and he told Abraham that one of those stars was a planet reserved for Abraham and when he died that planet would be his, it would belong to him and his wives and all of his children. And then this man told me that that is what he expected to achieve when he died, that one of those stars in the sky was a planet and that he himself would be its God and his wives and his children would inhabit that planet. Of course, it isn't true that God told Abraham he gets to be God of his own planet, but that is a teaching from early Mormonism, which is where this polygamous man got his idea. For instance, Brigham Young said, and we quote, <laughs> the Lord created you and me for the purpose of becoming God like himself. We are created to become gods like unto our Father in heaven. So we're created to become gods. Notice the capital G. Yeah. And, and he, Brigham Young also said, How many gods are there? I quote, I do not know. But there never was a time when there were no gods and worlds. Well, I wonder what they do with Genesis 1.1. <laughs> And God created. <laughs> there was nothing there. In the beginning, God. <laughs> but each time Brigham Young referred to man becoming God, he used the capital G for God. Again, Brigham Young said. And again, from the discourses of Brigham Young, it says, After men got their exaltations and their crowns have become gods, they have the power then of propagating their species in spirit. And that is the first of their operations with regard to organizing a world. Power is then given to them to organize the elements and then commence the organization of tabernacles to produce mortal tabernacles for their spiritual children. The faithful will become gods. So there you have it. They're teaching that man can become God. We've got many scriptures on this. But notice that Brigham Young not only taught that man could become gods, but that each god would be given an earth and a planet of his own to organize and populate with his own spirit children. Now this, of course, uh, parallels with Orson Pratt, who was designated an apostle of the early church, whose leaders 
will never lead the people astray. What this is say? what Orson Pratt said. Each god, through his wife or wives, raises up a numerous family of sons and daughters. As soon as each god has begotten many millions of male and female spirits, and his heavenly inheritance becomes too small to comfortably accommodate his great family, he organizes a new world. Thus each god forms a world for the accommodation of his own sons and daughters. The inhabitants of each world are required to reverence, adore, and worship their own personal father who dwells in the heaven which they formerly inhabited. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. <laughs> you know, I believed that with all of my heart for so for yeah, so long, but it just uh, now when I think about God uh, and what's funny is in in the concept of God having a, a physical body. Yeah. And then it, having spiritual children. I mean, like usually begets like. And so here you have a man and a woman, presumably with bodies, who are creating spiritual mm -hmm. bodies. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It, it makes no sense. And, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot about this that doesn't make <laughs> sense, and that's one of the ways. Yeah. So let's compare the claims here of Orson Pratt and Brigham Young uh, to God's testimony about himself. Yeah, from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy versus chapter 32 and 39. Now see that I, even I, am he, and there is no God besides me. And in First Chronicles 17, 20, O Lord, there is none like you, nor is there any God besides you. There, th that's all we need, really. It really that's, um, that's, but we got more. <laughs> Isaiah 45, 21 and 22 says, and there is no other God besides me, a just God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. So whom do we believe, Brigham Young, Orson Pratt, or God? I think I'll stick with God. <laughs> I think I'll choose God as well. But we haven't heard from Joseph Smith yet. And I know that many in this culture, uh, his words are more important than anybody else's. So let's see what he said about man becoming God. This is actually from Doctrine and Covenants section, uh, section 132. Abraham received concubines, and they bore him children, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness, because they were given unto him. And he, Isaac, and Jacob have entered into their exaltation, and sit upon thrones, and are no angels, but are gods. Okay, so he said already that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are gods sitting upon their own thrones. Wow. Uh, so he's pretty much tying polygamy in with becoming a god just like yeah. Brigham Young had. That's why Brigham Young did that because right. Joseph Smith did. But God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 4 very succinctly, there is none other god but one. And Isaiah 45 5 says, and I am the, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no god besides me. So again, we ask the question, do we believe what God's own testimony about himself or these mere men, Brigham Young, Joseph Smith, Orson Pratt? Now, we have our next quote is quite a lengthy sermon by Joseph Smith from which we can draw uh, his teachings of man becoming gods. Joseph Smith said in this sermon that God was once a man and that it's a great secret and a secret that he was now going to reveal about God and his character. So I think you're going to take the first part of the sermon. I am. God himself was once as we are now and is an exalted man and sits enthroned in yonder heavens. That is the great secret. 
If the veil was rent today and the great God was to make himself visible, you would see him like a man in form, like yourselves, in all the person, image, and very form as a man. Okay, so that's that's very that's, clear in what the, position. Te- what the teaching is with Joseph Smith. And notice he said it was a great secret because we're going to visit that a little bit later in the show. Uh, in another part of the sermon, he said, I am going to tell you how God came to be God. We have imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity. Mm. I will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see it is the first principle of the gospel to know for a certainty the character of God, that he was once a man like us, yea, that God himself, the father of us all, dwelt on an earth, the same as Jesus Christ himself did, and I will show it from the Bible. But you know what? He never did show it from the Bible. In fact, we're showing from the Bible just the opposite. Just the opposite. There was only one God. (laughs) That's right. And if he's going to show it from the Bible, he must have trusted the Bible too. And maybe it was his translation. I don't know. Uh, Oh, well, I've checked that out and he hasn't changed all those verses in Isaiah. So, But but Joseph Smith denies that um, God existed from all eternity. And yet God knows his past better than Joseph Smith knows God's past. And he said he did exist from all eternity. Psalm yeah. 90. Psalms 90 says, Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So from everlasting to everlasting means from eternity past to eternity, to eternity future and everything in between, there never was a time that God was not God. Yeah, and in First Timothy we read this: He who is blessed, who, I'm sorry, he who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. So he says that he alone has mortality, immortality. Yep. And if he has immortality, that means that he never was mortal. He was always immortal, okay? Alone, God alone has immortality from eternity past to eternity future. Joseph Smith said God is not from eternity past, but God says that he is. This is also something Joseph Smith said. Here then is eternal life, to know the only wise and true God, and you have got to learn how to be gods yourselves, the same as all gods have done before you from exaltation to exaltation until you attain to the resurrection of the dead and are able to dwell in everlasting burnings and to sit in glory as do those who sit enthroned in everlasting power. So we're going to go back into some of these things he says as we go through this and, and, and show a kind of I, almost silly some of the things that he says. Uh, so Joseph Smith taught that man can, be, can become God and also that we will have our own planets Uh, or planet to rule over as is God. But God rebukes those who believe that he, the the people that believe that God is like a man. In Psalm chapter 50, verse 21, it says, and God is speaking, these things you have done and I kept silent. You thought that I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. God is accusing the people of thinking he was like them. 
A rebuke from God, by the way, is not a very fun thing to experience. Now, in the sermon um, that we have just been reading, uh, we just quoted Joseph Smith of saying, quote, they are able to dwell in everlasting burnings and to sit in glory, talking about those who become gods. Now, where Joseph got the idea is a mystery to me because everlasting burnings is the lake of fire. It is not eternal glory in heaven. But on the other hand, he was probably more correct than he knew because those who think they will become gods indeed will spend eternity in everlasting burnings and it won't be fun. Another part of Smith's sermon needs to be looked at more closely and it is this. This portion of it, it says, Here then is eternal life to know the only wise and true God and you've got to learn how to be gods yourselves the same as all gods have done before you. So, first of all, God is omniscient, yeah. and which means that omniscient means he knows everything, that he always has always known everything, and there's nothing he doesn't know, and there's nothing he has never known. He never learned anything, because as God, he already knows everything and always has. God never went to God school. He didn't get his Ph.D. on Godhood. This statement by Joseph Smith that we have to learn how to become gods proves how ignorant Joseph Smith was about God, his nature, and his being. Joseph Smith also made the statement the, that God is the, uh, that we need to know the only wise and true God. Now, if there's only one wise and true God, you can see where I'm going with yeah, this, I'm sure. I, I can. Then all other gods are stupid and false. Yeah. And that would be all these gods that they think we can become would be stupid and false gods. Didn't, uh, didn't Roman, doesn't Roman say something about changing the in uncorruptible God into a vi- into image of image corruptible made man? Made unto corruptible man, that's Incorruptible man, yeah. Yep. That's port. what he's done. That's exactly what he's done. And, of course, there's only one God ever, anywhere, everywhere, and forever. And Isaiah 44, 6, I think, is another yes, confirmation. Yes, another one. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, I am the first, I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Is it, can it be any clearer than that? No, so that's who not do the we only believe? One. Who yeah. do we believe here? Are you going to believe Joseph Smith or God's own personal testimony that he has given to us? And God said it over and over and over again. Here's two more. <laughs> Isaiah 46.5 says, To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we should be alike? For Samuel 2.2 says, There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. So again, more verses that are confirming that there's only one God and man cannot become God. Every Mormon fundamentalist leader that I have ever known or ever, ever known about have taught that polygamy is a requirement uh, for becoming a God and for gaining their own worlds of which they will be gods of those worlds. And they have all the quotes of Brigham Young and Joseph Smith to, to mm-hmm. back them up, I guess, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for exactly. Yeah. And of course, Warren Jeff said, Quote, no man can become a god unless he has more wives than one. So that's, you know, just one of the polygamous leaders. And what he said, we learned it all the while we were growing up, that uh, living polygamy would gain us godhood. Um, Now, there is a quote from the 1992 LDS manual, Achieving a Celestial Marriage. 
I hope you'll pay attention to this quote because it's uh, so, so good. God was once a man who by obedience advanced to his present state of perfection. Through obedience and celestial marriage, we may progress to the point where we become like God. God became God by obedience to law. If God became God by obedience to all of the gospel law, with the crowning point being the celestial law of marriage, then that's the only way I can become a God. Now, celestial marriage means polygamy. was polygamy in the early church, and all the polygamists know it. That's exactly what they refer to it as, right? Exactly. Celestial marriage. It's celestial marriage. It was with Joseph Smith. It was with Brigham Young. It was with Lorenzo Snow. It was with John Taylor. Well, all the early polygamists. So that they understood that when the words celestial marriage was referred to. It the was word was celestial marriage wasn't even coined until Joseph Smith started living polygamy. Wow. It wasn't even, it was applied to a polygamous marriage. So according to early Mormon teaching, they all knew that. But, but Isaiah 45, keep in mind what we just read, uh, what he just read about a celestial marriage. Isaiah 45, 6 says that they may know from the rising of the sun to its settings that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. We quoted a verse last week, let God be Orson true Pratt. and every man is a liar. Yeah. And I think we're having some good proof of that tonight. Yeah, this, this quote by Orson Pratt, the gods who dwell in the heaven from which our spirits came are beings who have been redeemed from the grave in a world which existed before the foundations of this world, this earth were laid. They and the heavenly body which they now inhabit were once in a fallen state, they were exalted also from fallen man to celestial gods to inhabit their heaven forever and ever. So here they are teaching that they have their own planets, that they have their own worlds, they have their own heaven even, yeah. their own private heavens, I guess. But let's place these teachings again of other worlds that belong to other gods alongside what God said. Second Chronicles. Yeah, these two quotes here. Second Chronicles <coughs> two six says, "The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain Him, meaning God." And in Psalms one fifteen sixteen, it says, "The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth, He, God, has given to man." Okay, so the heavens are God's. He created them. They belong to Him. He gave the earth to us. Nehemiah nine six says, quote, "You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven." the heaven of heavens with all their host, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all, the host of heaven worships you. So to sum all this up, Orson Pratt said that there are other worlds and planets, and there are gods that belong to those worlds. But God said that he is the God of all the heavens and that he has given the earth to man. Now listen carefully. He hasn't given many earths, many planets, and many worlds and stars to man. He gave the earth to man, one earth. And if all the heavens belong to God, and heaven is where his throne is located, how can there be other gods of other worlds that God wouldn't know about? Yeah, this one from Isaiah 44, 8 says, Is there any God besides me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. 
So God would, he doesn't know of any other gods. So no. he would know it, wouldn't he, if there were other gods I would think out so. there? I think he'd be aware of those, those he, other gods. He, he, he doesn't know of it. Why would Joseph Smith know about all these other gods and Brigham Young, but God wouldn't know? In Jeremiah, no. he also gave warning yeah. to those who followed after false gods. Yeah, Jeremiah 10, 11 says, thus, thus you shall say to them, the gods that have not made the heavens and the earth shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. Okay, so <laughs> now that's, that's a warning to all of those who uh, want to become a god or believe there's gods up there, that you have a great, 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 great grandfather who is a god with his wives on that planet. All the people who did not create the heavens and the earth will be destroyed. All the gods, the so-called gods, God's warning against those who believe that there are plural gods and all the wannabe gods. There's only one creator of heaven and earth and every other so-called god will perish. They will be destroyed. Since the only wise and true God is the one who created the heavens and the earth, he certainly has the know-how and the power to do whatever he pleases, even to evict usurpers. Isaiah 46, 9 says, For I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Okay. <laughs> I, I think when I left the church, uh, one of the concepts that I guess I hadn't ever realized, and, and I think it's so, so what we're saying here is that there is only one God. He's always been God. Even the Book of Mormon says that God is unchanging from eternity to eternity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yet here we're coming along with all these different gods and trying to come up with a whole new gospel, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, exactly, for sure. And 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 what God is saying against the people who teach other gods, yeah. the first scripture you read, they would be stoned. They would be killed if they taught other gods yeah. to worship other gods. So, uh, and, and we have a listing, by the way, of 45 places in the Bible uh, where God says there's only one God. And if you want to have that list, you can go to our website, whatloveisthis.tv, and click show notes, and you can download that list of 45 places in the Bible uh, where you can go in and check for yourself and read them for yourself. And, and again, I have to say, when God says something, He shouldn't have to say it more than once for us to believe it. But He said this 45 times. Yeah, He must have known that false gods would come about and constantly and, and false false uh, doctrines and wanted to make sure that we understood there's only sure one God. We, and we'll have no excuse when we get there Yeah, and face Him true. on Judgment Day. We'll have no excuse. He says, that's I right. told you 45 times. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's been a lot of talk lately about uh, another article that's been published on LDS.org about Mormonism's belief that they can become gods or become like God. <coughs> Unfortunately, they continue to teach this blasphemy and more unfortunately, they back up their position by quoting a ton of people in history who have also believed, they say, that man can become gods. And it's too bad that among all their quotations, they didn't quote one thing from God Himself about His own testimony about Himself from the Bible. They quoted all these people, all these men, way back in, in the early centuries, but they never quoted God. And it's too bad that they're forced to quote mere men's writings rather than God's own writings. But we don't follow men. We follow God. 
We don't follow what men say or what men write or believe. And if it doesn't match up with the Bible, they can quote it a hundred billion trillion times. And it means absolutely nothing when put side by side with God's own word. We quote what God said. They quote what man said, proving that their religion is from man and not from God. And Jesus confirms it in the following passage. This is from Mark 7, 6 through 9. He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have to you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. That's exactly what's well. been going on in this culture. It, it describes the teachings of this culture like a hand in a glove. It does, doesn't it? And of the polygamy groups and of the, and of the mainline church. They follow the teachings of men and they reject the teachings of God himself. Now, the article, LDS.org, however, does take some Bible verses radically out of context, and they twist them to try and prove their point that the Bible teaches men can become gods. Two of those verses are Psalm 82.6 and John 10.34. So we're going to look at them and quickly explain to you why it's not teaching men can become gods. Psalm 82.6 says, quote, I said, ye are gods. Now, this is God speaking to the Israelite nation, and he is saying that to the Israelites. Now, the two most important things to remember when you're determining what the Bible means is context and the Bible explains itself, okay? Now, the word gods here is with a small g. Uh, and in the Old Testament Hebrew language, uh, that word is Elohim with a small e. The definition is God with a small g, uh, or judges, or magistrates, or, or mighty, or great men that are ruling over other men. They were leaders of their community. That's what they were. And the word generally referred to men who, who were appointed the responsibility to be honest judges and rulers of the people under God's authority. It'd be kind of like, you own property, you're a landlord. But you're not really the Lord. No. You're just a landlord. And that's kind of the idea that is being used here. So all good government has rules of, uh, or rules in an organized way will have these people that are rulers over the people. So let's read Amazing. the context now of this okay. statement. Yeah, from Psalms 82, 6 and 7. I said you are gods, you are all sons of the Most High, but you will die like mere men, you will fall like every other ruler. So they weren't gods. Did the, the quote didn't carry verse 7, probably. No. See, it? they take it out of context. <laughs> of course. They just take it right out of context, and they don't go to verse 7 that says that they're going to die just like mere men, which is a glorious thing for a god to do, isn't it? These mere men had been appointed to be honest judges and rulers of the people, but they failed, and they weren't gods. They weren't gods in the Mormon sense at all. Jesus quoted this verse in John 10, 34. Yeah, 10.34 from John 10. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, 
What about the one whom the Father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy because I said I am God's son? Now, this is kind of a difficult passage for people, especially if you don't know the rest of the Bible. It can be very difficult, or the culture that Jesus was dealing with. But when Jesus claimed to be God's son, the people knew that he was claiming to be God in the flesh. That may not be something you understand, but that those people understood it because they picked up stones to kill him for saying that. They attempted to stone Jesus because he was making himself equal with God. But Jesus is saying that if God uh, can call mere man in the Old Testament gods with a small g, why should they try to kill him when he says he's God's son? Also, Jesus is talking to monotheists, meaning they believe in only one God. His audience knew there was only one God, so Jesus would hardly be teaching them that no. they could become gods <laughs> when, when their own scriptures taught there's only one God. In fact, if that was what Jesus was teaching, like the Mormons claim, then they would have had a legitimate reason for killing Jesus right then. Yeah because he would be teaching other gods. Remember De that's Deuteronomy right. verse. Okay. If you're teaching other gods, oh, right. you get yeah. you you be, and Jesus wasn't teaching other gods, but no. that's what they're saying uh, proves that man can become a god, but that's not proving that at all. And furthermore, if becoming gods was such a prodigious ancient teaching as that article on lds.org claims, why did Joseph Smith say it was a secret and he had to be the one to reveal it? Uh, that's such an excellent point. And if you go to that article, you can look at all the footnotes and all of those early, what, hundreds of years before Joseph Smith was a gleam in his mother's eye, they're all there quoting saying that they believe you can become God. Well, that means nothing. God said you can't. That's, that's what right. counts. Yeah. So the article on LDS.org is leading you astray, as did Joseph Smith. The fact is, no biblical doctrine or teaching attributes Godhood to humans. Another text proof verse that they use. Yeah, it's Revelation 3.21. It says, To whom that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. So they're saying that because we're going to be sitting on his throne, we can become gods. <laughs> well, their teaching is that we get other worlds, yeah. and we get our own thrones and our own heavens, and, and, and here, w this is just teaching that we share the kingdom of heaven with Jesus. That's all it's sitting. It, it's saying that we're sitting with him yeah. in, in heaven. Joint uh, heirs. That, yeah, we're joined heirs with Jesus. Now, sitting is a biblical symbol, meaning there's nothing more to do. It's finished. It's all done. Yeah. yeah. And so we're sitting with him in heaven. It doesn't say we sit on our own thrones in some other kingdom, in some other world. And strangely enough, even the devil knows there's only one God. Yeah, James 2.19 says, You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. <laughs> so if the demons believe yeah. there's one God, yeah. why is it so difficult for humans to believe it? I don't know. In fact, the first sin of the universe was Lucifer wanted to be like God. And it is that which caused him to be condemned and expelled from God's presence and out of God's heaven. Isaiah 14. 
Yeah, 14, 12 through 15, it says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the earth, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the depths, lowest depths of the pit. Okay, that was that was Lucifer wanting to exalt himself yeah. up above the stars of God and next to God and be like God himself. But God kicked him out, kicked him out of heaven. Always Eze lying. Yeah. <laughs> Ezekiel 28, 13, it says, You were in Eden, the garden of God. Verse 15, You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in thee. You have sinned. Therefore, I will cast you as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness, I will cast thee to the ground and lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Now these two passages in Isaiah and Ezekiel take us way back in time before the Garden of Eden, before Adam and Eve. Lucifer is the name that the King James Bible uses for the devil before he got kicked out of heaven. He was a beautiful angel who can still appear as an angel of light even though he's now called the Prince of Darkness. But he lost his place in heaven because he wanted to become like God. So God threw him out, and he is now called the devil and Satan, and his place will be in the lake of fire. But it's interesting that Mormonism calls the sin in the disobedience in the Garden of Eden the fall upwards, yeah. and then proceeds to quote the devil's own words as truth in Mormon theology. Satan, in the form of the serpent, is speaking in this next verse. Genesis 3, 5, he's saying, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And they quote that as a test verse yeah. to, to prove that we can become gods, that the Bible teaches we can become gods. It's also in the temple. but for Oh, it's <laughs> Satan's own words. It's, he's, the, he's a liar. Jesus said that, that Satan is a liar and that he cannot tell the truth because there's no truth in him. He cannot tell the truth. And he's tempting Eve to disobey God with the temptation that they could be like God, which is precisely the same thing that got him kicked out of heaven, and they got kicked out of the Garden Eden for the same thing. Yep. Read 322. Okay, and the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And they use that, well, now see, the man's become like one of us, so we can become gods. Well, Adam and Eve weren't gods. No. They, 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 the only thing that they're proving here is that they now knew what evil was because before that they hadn't been disobedient they didn't know what evil was and when it says they become like one of us it's not meaning there's many gods there it's talking about the father the son and the holy spirit which the bible says are one god so god knew and he he knew about the disobedience he knows that disobedience is good and obedience uh, disobedience is evil right. and obedience is good and that's knowing the difference between good and evil but yeah. they didn't know that but Satan was lied from the beginning and lied to yeah, Adam and Eve as well. And then after they ate the fruit, they were expecting to become gods, and they weren't. 
They looked all of a sudden, they ate the fruit, and they weren't gods. What did they do? They run and hid from God they were because they knew they'd done something real bad. And, of course, then they got kicked out. But there is only one God. If you haven't gotten that out of what we've said so far, there's only one God. Would you like to share Mark with Mark 12:32 says, And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And that's the man talking to Jesus. Yep. So the people knew there was one God. Of course, Jesus Christ is God and became, is God who became the flesh. I know we took longer than usual with our discussion tonight because there's much to say on the topic. There's much more to say, which we could continue on and on and on. But we, we hopefully have picked out some, some good, succinct verses to prove our point. Um, we will open up the telephone lines now for our viewers to make comments or ask questions. We don't have much time left tonight, so please, if you call, call now. And also, if you have something to talk about, we're going to ask that you will call uh, or talk quickly and, and, and make, a, make your questions quick or your comments quick as well. And we do have one line waiting, one call waiting right now. On line one, we have Roland calling from Provo. Hello, Roland. Roland, you need to turn off your TV volume, please. I have. Okay. Uh, Doris, uh, it's, it's very difficult for this rapid-fire presentation to get some good uh, answers. Uh, there is some simple answer to this. When God created Adam, he created him in his image, meaning yes. he must have looked like him. So he had a head and, and arms, and so was, uh, when Moses talked to God, on the, he uh, recognized him as a with the body, with, no. with the, like there, he was. There's nothing in the Bible that says Moses recognized God with the body. That's not there. He saw him in a burning bush, and he talked to him in the burning bush, but he didn't see him as a man at all. The Bible doesn't say that. But to answer your question about the God, and he, and uh, he, now wait a minute. Excuse me. I'm going to answer your answer your question. When it says that uh, God created Adam in His image, we get the answer to that. Remember, the Bible explains itself, and the answer to that is that Ephesians chapter four. I know what the Bible says. I'm only saying. Are you going to let me answer your question? It's an understanding that God looked like man because He created him like Himself. Being like God doesn't. Later He said. Later He said, "Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect." That doesn't perfect. mean He's a man. What does that mean? We we have given you how many two three dozen verses tonight that proves that God is not a man, and you're going to argue that He is. Well. The, what the Bible says, I'm going to put you on hold if you, if you keep interrupting me. What the Bible says about man... I, I, what you, what the, you interrupt me, I'm trying to <laughs> talk to you. You don't let me talk. Okay, but you asked a question at the beginning you haven't let me answer. Oh, I'm, only, I'm just and that, a comment. And that answer is... The prophets when, in the Bible talk about there's one God. When, when God created Adam and Eve in His image, this is the image He's talking about. Not that God's a man. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 said that we are to be made new in the attitude of our minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's the image of God that was Adam and Eve was created in. And also, 
um, in Colossians chapter 3, it says that be, we need to be renewed in knowledge in the image of our Creator. That's the image of God that he's talking about. Not that God is a man or a human being because he is not. We have, we've already proven that. We don't have to prove that with more verses. Do you have more to say on well, that? Well, just one way we've, I've heard this is that let us create man in our own image. Uh, that's a three-in-one, a, a three-in-one God, and we're body, soul, and spirit. Mm -hmm. We're three-in-one. That's the image that we were created in. Well, and also God has creativity. He, he gave yes. creativity to us. Yeah. He, he obviously has knowledge. He gave us the ability to learn and have knowledge. Yeah. And, and so he created us to, to see and to think and to reason and yeah. to be holy. He wanted us to be holy, and that's the main point of his image. And God is an invisible God, and uh, no man has seen God at any time. Right. If you'll read a few verses after Moses sees God, what they say face to face, uh, 10 or 15 verses after that, it explains that, exactly what he meant, that no man has ever seen God That's right. at any time. That's right. So it explains itself uh, if you'll just read a little further. And, and God has manifested himself in visible form like the burning bush, yeah. but that's not God. He's not a bush burning no. in the desert. He just manifests himself in ways so that we can relate to him and connect with him. And then, of yeah. course, his final manifestation was Jesus Christ. Yeah. God, Jesus Christ is God. Okay, we have line two, Larry from Salt Lake City. Hello, Larry. Uh, yes, Larry. You're on the air, Larry. Do I was you have wondering if you do if, but there's one God, but if Jesus was in charge of this world. Well, Jesus is God, and there's only one God. Yes, I know one God, but I'm just wondering if, if I don't know if I believe that God was human at one time, but I'm wondering if he lets his spirit children create worlds. There, there's no spirit children, sorry. There's no spirit children. That's not biblical at all. That's something else that was made up. It's a myth that was made up in early Mormonism, but it isn't true. There's no spirit children. So God's no, in control. No way that uh, it tells us in God has millions of, I mean, they in Colossians chapter 1 and in Hebrews we are told that Jesus Christ created the world and sustains the world. Right. That answers your so, question. And don't you think there'd be others that would be in charge of other worlds? That no. Has so many no, children? he gave the earth to man. So if there were other men that would be earth. Not man, not man. His children before they come to a world. No, God didn't have spirit children. That, that isn't true. That's something that you've got to, to read. Oh, so Jesus wasn't the Son of God. Jesus was God, God in the flesh, which, which they called the Son of God, God in the flesh. He wasn't right. literally the Son of God, no. We don't become sons and daughters of I mean, God until we're born Jesus again. Have many children? I mean, wouldn't God have many children, spirit children? No. No, he you weren't a spirit child of God. No, no. The Bible does not support that. The Bible is absolutely, we did not exist until we were created in our mother's womb. That's interesting. Now, it is interesting, and it shocked yeah. me when I learned that, but that's, that's the truth. And the only people oh. who believe it are the Mormons. The rest of the world doesn't believe that they're spirit children. Well, there might be some oddball they beliefs just, out there that do, but... <laughs> don't they believe they're going to go back and stand in front of them? And we don't go back to God because we never were there. Jesus said, no one has come down from heaven except for himself. He was the only one that ever came down from heaven. I am from above and you are from beneath. You are from beneath, yeah. right. 
very interesting. Yeah, it okay, is interesting. Okay, thank you very much. Aha, uh-huh, thank you. You bet. Bye. Okay, we have line three, Nancy from Layton. Hello, Nancy. Yes. You're on the air. Yes. Uh, I have a question about um, the spirit children you were just talking about. I think you might have referred to that. But but if we are married celestially and we go to uh, our own world and we have these spirit children, then where do they go? You know, do they go to another planet and have more spirit children? Do they have to work their way Nancy, to another planet? Aren't they, aren't they sweet? Nancy, guess what? There's no spirit children. They don't go there to other planets. They don't work their way into, into owning their own planets and being gods of those planets. There are no spirit children to go anywhere to do anything because it's a myth. It is not biblical. God absolutely does not teach that anywhere in the Bible. They neither marry nor are oh, given any Well, I, I understand that, but I wonder how does the Mormon church... Um, how do they answer. Well, I mean, you have to take the whole concept of Mormonism into play, and that is that there are gods or men that have lived on other earths that have become gods, and each one of them have their plurality of wives, mm-hmm. and they've been uh, developing their own worlds, so there's worlds without end, and those Mormon gods have been um, pro- procreating all this time, populating their earths. And they populate their earths with, yeah, their, with their, their spirit children. The supposed spirit children. As they become gods. Right, which is what he did, they, they claim, and we were taught that same thing too in the yeah. polygamy group, that they claim that that's yeah. what God did, and we're literally his children, but we yeah. literally are not his children. In yeah. fact, the only one we become children of God is by adoption. Yeah, the Bible's clear about that. We are adopted uh, into God's family. We are not born His children. Do we have just two seconds that I could say sure, one little go thing? Ahead. And I know this is, doesn't really apply, I guess, to polygamists because I, I gather that they're not, uh, they don't believe in Jehovah as the Old Testament. But I've said that I believe a fatal flaw in Mormonism is that they believe that Jesus was a God of the Old Testament. They were Je- he was Jehovah. Mm-hmm. And in order for Jesus to have become a God, he would have had to have been married in a temple and had children and been a polygamist and had mm-hmm. a body and been baptized and become a Mormon somewhere along the way. He couldn't have been a come a God without having right. done that. So he couldn't have been the God of the Old Testament. That's right. He couldn't have been. And that's a very good point. And we didn't learn that, like I was talking with Earl earlier. In the polygamy group, we didn't learn that Jesus was the Jehovah of the Old Testament. We just thought he was learning how to be a God. Oh, okay. And that's why he had to die on the cross for our sin. But anyway, we're <laughs> at the end, of, at the end of the show now, and there was much more to say. There's still another call we couldn't take. But thanks, Earl, for sharing and oh, helping out with this. That's a wonderful <laughs> story, and uh, I hope somebody was listening. Yeah, and we just hope that, that you got it. And, of course, this will be re-shown uh, on our website. If you didn't get all of the points, you can go there and rewatch it. You know, Joseph Smith introduced into the polygamous Mormon culture 
the idea that God is man and that man can become God. Brigham Young introduced into the polygamous Mormon culture the idea that to become a God, plural marriage was a requirement. All the contemporary polygamy groups teach that polygamous men will earn their Godhood through living polygamy. But the trouble with all these guys is they use no standard for which to determine truth. And there must be a trustworthy standard to compare all teachings of all religions. Without a standard, there's nothing which which to judge someone's claims, which means that almost anything goes. God's standard for the truth is His Bible. And when someone rejects the truth, they will fall for just about anything. Joseph Smith's teachings contradicted, even opposed biblical teachings. So we must reject everything he taught. Man's salvation does not depend upon Joseph Smith, Mormonism, polygamy, temples, marriage, or ordinances and laws. Our eternal life is determined only by what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross and whether or not we throw ourselves on His mercy through the teaching of the cross. 1 Corinthians 2, 2, Paul said, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's what, what Paul was teaching, not all these laws and ordinances for salvation. The teaching of the cross is essential. It's all about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It has nothing to do with any man, with any prophet, with any religious leader. It's all about Jesus, and it's only about Jesus. Jesus taught, repent and believe. Do you believe in Joseph or Jesus? This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.